This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sponsored by Razor Blades, Harry's Blades specifically. <laughs> Harry's.com. Whoa! Blue answer. That's not okay. Go, uh, go find yourself some shaving kits, and you get a free starter kit from Harry's. Use the code Blue Shirt Answer. If we get six more people, I'll eat shaving cream out of a thing. The cap. And yeah, so Harry's.com. You just some paper shipping and handling. Ergonomic razors, five blades, engineered by Blade Masters. Put it on your face. Um, I'm from my phone. If you're curious why the audio quality is a little worse, Blog Talk Radio is having serious issues with their direct connect, so I can't use my fancy new microphone. And I'm carrying my eight-week-old daughter around so that she doesn't cry because it is my turn with the baby. So today is going to be a very interesting podcast. Um, Michael. How are you guys doing? I'm doing swimmingly. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. God damn it. She doesn't even care about us. Um, All right. So it was sort of a depressing cold open, but this is what we're dealing with. Uh, I guess we'll start with our uh, good friend, Cody McLeod. The uh, New York Rangers put a waiver claim in for the... I guess enforcing forward from Nashville, right? He came from Nashville. Uh, I think labeled one of the toughest NHL players in the league. Um, And Tanner Glass 2.0. I have no idea what the thinking is. I have many thoughts on this. Many of them are angry and bad. Uh, I just, I don't understand what the Rangers are thinking. I don't understand what their plan is. I don't understand what a move like this signifies. Um, It could be a really good thing. It could be, and by that I mean the Rangers are tanking and they're going to trade away all these assets and they need warm bodies. Could be nothing. There's some speculation that perhaps he's just a a guy who's going to go straight to Hartford. Um, And it could be a really bad thing if this is somebody who Vigneault thinks is going to make a difference for a team that is free-falling. Um, 
Mike, of those three options, which one do you think it is? I think I would like to think that this is just an issue of, you know, if we ha- we have all these AHL kids up with, with the big club in New York, we need bodies. And McLeod's on waivers, and maybe for whatever reason, and this is the part where even when you're looking for the silver lining, it's well, why is McLeod the guy you claim? Like, why is this your solution guy? Why is a 33-year-old guy who had 19 fighting majors last season, why is this the answer? Um, with all that being said, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not too troubled by this because this would imply that either A, the Rangers just are looking for a body, uh, B, they want to be tougher. Um, if that's the case, then they'll, they will not really improve as a team in terms of wins and losses, which would kind of help force their hand into selling, which I think is now the only reasonable route. Um, so this might be like an indirect way of them getting to where they need to be. But also, I think there is something to be said about, like, you know what? It's, there's a lot at stake with fans who are frustrated by the lack of toughness on the team. And we've seen the Rangers get pushed around. Uh, We've seen Brendan Smith get in a couple fights recently. I wrote an article about how the Rangers are on pace for the least amount of fighting majors in a season since Vic Hadfield was on the team. And I think 64, 65, you know, there was no, it's not a thing you need to address really, but Tanner Glass leaves the team and then you you don't have that guy. You know, the Rangers don't have that guy. And I'm not, I'm one of those people who happen to think you don't really need that guy who'll, who'll fight, you know, at any given moment. But, you know, maybe, maybe this is something that says, hey, you know, we still value this. And, you know, if, if nothing else, we value this in the AHL or we value this in the organization. So I, I, my big thing that I, I can't really escape is why McLeod, why the 33-year-old guy who, you know, he had, I think he had five goals last season and this season in 23 games, he had one goal and one assist and 72 penalty minutes. So it is a little bit like, well, everyone knows what he's here for. But then again, why is he here? You know what I mean? I do, Beth. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they do anything they do anymore, so I'll just say that straight out. Um I guess sort of what that that angle that I mean, I I don't think he's going to the AHL. I think they have every intention no? of I don't think so. Oh, I mean, that would be like the, You know what? But the reason I don't think so is because that would be the logical thing. So I'm sort of right mm. reverse psychologying myself and Maybe a little bit of Oracle of Calamity thrown in there. No, I, I think <laughs> I think he's I think he's going to be playing at the Garden, or not that we have that many games at the Garden left. Um, you know what? The other thing that this brings up is the other thing you pointed out in your article, Mike, was that I mean Smith wasn't really a fighter before he got no, to the Rangers, yeah. right? That was never what he was. Yeah, before he was a Ranger, he averaged two fights a season, he would, which is like what Kreider averaged, you know. Yeah. It's so like, what know, he's a, he's a I, tough has guy, he decided that's what's keeping him? Has he decided that that's how he's going to stay in the lineup? 
That's a great point because I've been wondering if, and we pointed out last week with, uh, you know, he, Ryan Reeves nailed Mark Stahl and then Brennan Smith nailed Ryan Reeves and it was like, oh shit, you know, it's on now. Oh, sorry. The baby's listening. I should watch my language. Um, (laughs) And then, and then, you know, there was the fight between Smith and Alexiak, but, you know, I, I, we put that article in the back burner because there's a couple other articles we had going up and then I had to update it and I was like, I never would have imagined that Brendan Smith would have gotten in another fight, but you know, he's, he's gotten in two fights in the past like week and a half. I mean, and really the games have only gotten more physical. The Rangers just played the ducks who I think lead the entire NHL in fighting majors. And they're a really physical team. The sharks are a physical team. Um, and, you know, the Kings game got really chippy. And, you know, that was the other game that uh, Smith got a fight in. He fought Adrian Kempe. And that was, uh, you know, D'Angelo and who was it, Joe? I think Tanner Pearson. I forget. But, like, D'Angelo and Pearson kind of. Of these California games? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like, you should have a kid just so that you can't stay up and watch. Those disasters. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched the first two periods of all these games, and I find myself saying, why am I doing this? And then I go to bed in second intermission. Um, but, yeah, that's it is a weird thing, Beth. I wonder if he's saying to himself, you know what? Stephen Camper fought a couple times, and he got more leash than I did. Maybe that's what I need to do. It's, it's kind of, he- I don't know. I don't like it, really. But, you know. If that's if that's the ticket he has to punch to stay in the lineup, then I guess that's what he's got to do under Elaine Vigneault. But it, which is weird because Vigneault is not has never really been the coach who says like, yeah, I want, I, I need this in my lineup. But then again, he's had his guys like Tanner Glass. So what? Do, I'm not yeah. really sure. Well, is, I mean, listen, I agree with Beth in that uh, I don't see him in Hartford at all. Uh, you don't make a move like this for Hartford couple of the beat rooms, like Zippy, uh, Zippy, I think, said Hartford, Brad Crystallis uh, or whatever the hell his name is, as Brian Boyle or Dan Boyle would say. I think he said he's he couldn't play in San Jose tonight, so he has to, you know, it's going to be till after this break from the Rangers. But I just, I, again, it's hard to make a judgment call on this now, even if the best-case scenario is the Rangers are selling and they, they need warm bodies. I still don't think I understand it because just bring up Hedo, bring up Anderson. If you're going to go, like Nieves is down in Hartford. If you're going to go down this road, first of all, who's coming out of the lineup? And if you really need a body, but just bring up a kid. If you've, if you've moved on from this year being a playoff contention year, which it looks like the Rangers have, if you've moved on from – we're going to be buyers to, oh, we have to sell with all these injuries, which, again, it looked like the Rangers had. This is not somebody you want any part of. It doesn't make sense. He's, what, 33? He was a healthy scratch in most of Nashville's games this year, I believe. He averages seven minutes a night. What are you helping? And, again, if this is, listen, we're going to trade Grabner, we're going to trade Nash, we might trade Zuccarello. We're going to try to trade McDonough. There's going to be a lot of shit going on, and we don't know what's going to happen, and we want some veterans. Fine. If the, and, you know, there's one other thing. I think if something like this happened in December, early December, or if something like this happened in November, 
I think I would have been furious. Right now, it's all burning to the ground anyway, so it doesn't matter. There's no real reason to get upset about this, even if Vigneault, the only reason this upsets me, and then I'll stop talking because I've said quite too much on the subject, the only reason this upsets me is because, A, this seems like a move that Vigneault would want, another Tanner Glass-like player to be in his lineup, and B, it's like the future expectations of this team. It doesn't seem like Vigneault's on the hot seat, and it doesn't seem like Jeff Gordon is really learning any lessons because this should never be a call-up or this should never be a, a waiver claim that a team in the Rangers' position should ever make. The Rangers aren't scoring enough. The Rangers are getting scored on too much. McLeod helps zero of those things from a Broadway perspective. So, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't know. I really don't. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask, and Mike, I'll let you jump in on this one. Has this Western road trip shown you anything that you didn't already know? Do you think it sort of put the, I mean, and by that, I also mean, do you think Gordon is looking at the team as being sellers again? Because a move like this does make me think, oh, maybe he thinks he can kind of redo this and buy his way back into the playoffs. Hmm, that's a good. Uh, that's a very good question to me. Uh, if something I've learned, I think from the past five games is, isn't it nice when Rick Rick Nash doesn't isn't cursed and he can score? That that's my my so nice. I want to talk about a nice thing, and you know what? Yeah, it's nice to. I'm gonna. It's I'll, nice uh, to I see Rick Nash score nice goals. God Let's damn it! Ruin that nice thing, though. I'm gonna ruin it. It's great that he's <laughs> scoring, but isn't it oh, terrible God. that this is when he's scoring? Like the ship is already no, sinking. He's probably gonna get traded. He's well, that's what I was saying. Is he doing this so he can stay, or is he doing it so he can leave? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know what side his his snake is. I don't know what side his snake is buttered on. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say because. Joe's head what just exploded, and I enjoyed that. You don't know what size his snake is? Is that what you said? No, that is not what I said. I was thinking about him being snake-bitten, and then I was thinking oh, about what the snake see. wants. Like, does the snake want to stay in New York, or does the snake want to leave? Because the snake clearly stopped biting him very recently. And it's it, like that butter off the duck thing. Yeah, yeah butter off the duck, side snake. Okay, but this, in this case, it's I kind of like which side of the snake, because you always want to be on the tail <laughs> side of the snake. The other side of the snake's no good for anyone. No. <laughs> the worst thing. But unless we're talking like the, the top of the do. snake and the bottom of the snake, not the front of the snake and the back of the well, snake. Well, then I think you'd want to see the belly of the snake, because then the snake is either really relaxed or dead. And mm. in both point. cases are good for you. However, if you see the top of the snake, you are above the snake and can thus jump on it. If you're, Maybe the, your snake is on top of you. That's why you can see its belly. Oh, but I... Eh, it depends <laughs> on the snake. If it's a constrictor, you don't want to see the belly because then your point is right because then it's on you and you get a very good look at its belly. But I don't, I don't even want a garden snake on me, to be honest. I don't care if it's poisonous or not. I just don't want a snake. Well, I don't like snake. snake. I, don't I love snakes. I, I know, but that's. I like no, snakes, snakes too. Weird. I don't like spiders. Spiders are. I bad hate news spiders all and around. snakes. Snakes are fine. All right, Mike. I apologize. Continue with your point. 
I'd prefer to I talk apologize. about snakes. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's you know Nash is now what three two goal games in his last five games. It, if all things being equal, I think this is because I fully accept the team is not a cup contender. So what does this tell me? It's either a Nash is just increasing his trade value, which is strictly good news for the Rangers. Even though we learned today from Bob McKenzie that the Rangers still haven't asked him for his uh, list of 12 teams, he'll be, he, he'll accept a trade too. And that is not a good thing. But we know that, hey, he could be upping his trade value. Or you know what? This is nice, solid proof that, hey, he can still be an effective second, third line guy. And the goals do come because he's scoring goals with great shots and using his size. And this is just like, oh, you know what? All that ridiculous bad luck. You know, it's an article I wrote for Banter, uh, I think like a month ago or so. And like just just a prodigious amount of bad luck and all the posts (laughs) and all the missed shots and just like Beth's line is my favorite line of the podcast all year. Rick Nash, the unluckiest man in hockey. Cause it, it just feels like something you'd put up like on a, on a poster, like on like a poster to a fair or something like come see the world's strong man and the unluckiest <laughs> man in hockey. And that was kind of, that's kind of what it felt like with Nash, which is so brutal, but that's what it got reduced to. Cause the guy just couldn't catch a break. And now that the team is Daniel Catanacci and freaking Peter Holland and Vinny Lettieri, and now Nash is scoring two goals every other game. And you know what? I'm all for it because there are very few scenarios where this is bad news for the team, in my opinion. No? No one's got anything? That's fine. We're missing our Sorry, I hit the, hit the wrong button. I apologize. Beth, what are your thoughts on this? Wait, my thoughts on Nash? I gave you a like you a buttered snake. I don't really know what else what you, you want from me. <laughs> what you think about the Rangers. You buttered snake. Oh. My whole oh, life is dedicated to what I think, figuring out what I think about the Rangers. Um, I think, I heard I the think baby your original Beth. question was, are we learning anything on this West Coast trip? that we didn't already know. Um, that was the kind of sidestep. I feel like things we already knew are much more visible now. That's sort a of. very good way of putting it. Yeah. And also, you know what? It sucked watching Hank get chased. Uh, but it that was also like, you know what? This is that, this is, this team can't, like even Lundqvist can't drag this team to the playoffs into like out of the first round because when he got pulled in that game, that game, it was like, you know what? He's not a deity or a deity as much as we might like to think he is. And he is still one of the best goaltenders in the world, despite what, you know, a, a, a vocal minority of the Rangers uh, fan base thinks, but you know, it's, he can't be a plus every night. And I know some people said, then why why do we pay him $8.5 million? And it goes back to a thing that I know Joe used to talk about all the time, which is that was the going rate. If you wanted the world's best goaltender, which he was for many years, and he's still top three, top four, 
That's what you had to pay. And it's not his fault that the team was unable to build around him as as well as they needed to. Did Lundqvist cap hit help the situation? Of course not. Did, I don't know, paying Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi what they got help? Uh, <laughs> no. You know, it's, is it all on Lundqvist? No. Maybe it's on the guys who signed the checks. Here's a thought for you, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> this, this road trip has really proved to us that like, yeah, this is not great because it, it wasn't looking promising, like around the winter classic and everything, the team was headed in the right direction. And like, I, I recently watched the, cause you can watch it all on YouTube, the, the road to the winter classic. And I just wanted to smile again, thinking about the Rangers. So I watched the Rangers uh, do batting practice with at the Mets facility, which is kind of adorable. But like the, you know the oh my gosh, Beth, what's his name? Leave Schreiber. Is that how you say his name? Leave yeah. Schreiber. Yeah. I mean, if that and who you're talking yeah. about, then yes. It's either yeah, it's either him or a guy just doing Leave Schreiber's voice from 24/7 back in the day. But he's saying, like, things are going well for the Rangers. They're turning it around after their slow start. And, like, I remember those days, you know, back when the Rangers, it felt like the Rangers were turning it around and then they lost a bunch of games, then Kreider's dead, then Shattenkirk's dead, and so the team's dead. And that's kind of where we are now. And the real problem is you, you can't replace those guys. It, it's It's too hard, and it's fun to get to see – you know, Lettieri in the lineup, and it's really interesting that D'Angelo has this really valuable second chance, but this is too much, and this road trip has proven that. Like, the Rangers have an entire freaking line of AHL players. It's just too much pressure. It's too much pressure on the guys who have to shoulder more of the weight. It's too much pressure on these guys who are being kind of thrown into the situation where they're asked to do so much, and, you know, it's 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 really weird, and all along the way, you know, we we see Lundqvist get chased in that game, and we see all these problems that are just still keep showing up, and the shorthanded goals getting scored against is like, yeah, hey, all right, well, nothing goes right. So, but you know, this is kind of what happens when you lose that much talent in this short amount of time. And like I said, you know, many many weeks ago on the podcast, at some point. The Rangers are going to have to play a lot of games on the road in the second half of the season. And this is what it looks yeah. like, and it doesn't look good. Well, I don't, I don't know how much better it would have looked at home, to be honest with you. And, and you know, as much as I think we've loved the uh, – I, I had the Rangers in the tailspin at the Winter Classic. I mean, that was really the start of – like you said, Mike, I think everybody was saying, oh, the Rangers are kind of finding their groove a little bit. And, well, no, they're really not. The Rangers, have, uh, this West Coast swing has been exactly what the doctor ordered in terms of maybe proving to the brass that, yeah, we're not good enough, especially with Kreider and Shattenkirk out the rest of the year, presumably. We're not good enough to do much of anything in the playoffs if we even make it. And this strategy that the Rangers have employed the past two years for sure I mean, the Rangers have gone for it since 2014. Since the Stanley Cup run of 2014, the Rangers have gone for it every one of those years at the deadline. You can make a case in 2014 with St. Louis that it was the right move. 
You can make the case in 2015 with Yandel that it was the right move, but Eric Stahl was terrible. And last year, the Rangers didn't do any type of sell-off. They, they didn't go all in with, like, a huge splash. But yeah, they got Brendan Smith. Keep... That was their big deadline move. And <laughs> that was just like, oh, keep... defensive depth, and we, we don't use them, and then we sign them for a big contract, and then we decide not and to play them. You, you, you can't keep buying first and second round playoff losses. And that's what the Rangers have been doing. Yeah. Eventually you need to pay the bill. You need to pay this. We don't have anybody left bill. And Derek Stepan was the first part of that. And I've said it a lot recently. Great idea. Terrible execution. The Rangers are, are still feeling the after effects of moving a guy who's really critically important to your team and not actually getting any true NHL assets back. And I think the Duchesne trade really highlighted just how big of a disaster that was for Gordon. And it's a big part of what I wrote about the potential Ryan McDonough trade. The Rangers can't screw this up. The idea of trading McDonough is very much so like the idea of trading Stepan. It makes sense. As yeah. much as it, as it hurts to do, it makes sense. You're not going to the playoffs this year, more than likely. If you do go to the McDonough playoffs, still you're going to get a round of bets. What would you say? I said McDonough still has all of his hair, though. We should hold on to him a little longer. <laughs> that increases his trade value, Michael. It but does, you, though. You, you get As a bald man, I would know. Forward with, and I get it. Listen, there's, you, you don't want to put Lundquist in this situation, and, and I totally understand, but I have a story that I'm finishing up that will probably run this weekend. Maybe it'll run next week. The Rangers have already failed Henrik Lundquist. They've already failed him. There is no, you know, oh, wow, we're really letting Lundqvist down. You already let Lundqvist down. Mike made the point. You, you paid Lundqvist a lot of money because Lundqvist deserved a lot of money. Lundqvist deserved every penny on that contract, every single one of them. When the Rangers prioritized guys like Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl over, I don't know, Anton Strawman, when they prioritized free agent signings, and, you know, Tanner Glasses of the world over the Derek Dorsett and the Benoit Pouillots. And, you know, some of those moves are more defensible than others. When you trade guys like Callahan and you don't get any assets back, when you trade the farm for guys like Yandel and you don't hit the ejection button and you crash and you, you trade them for nothing, you've already failed Lung. The Rangers' loyalty, as loyal as they are to Lundquist, they were far more loyal to guys like Girardi and Stahl. And it hurt the team in the end. So, yeah, the Rangers aren't good this year regardless. doesn't matter whether or not they rebuild or they buy or whatever they do. No matter what they do, they're not going to be good this year. So you may as well do something to start the process of getting better next year. And if it takes you two years to redo it or three years and Lundqvist retires by the end of it and you didn't get anywhere, well, you let a generational goaltender come to your team and you have nothing to show for it. And that is a failure on every single management person who has ever been involved in the organization while Lundquist was there. But you've already done most of the damage. He's 35. He's going to be 36 a week after the trade deadline. You got two, ah. maybe three, maybe four. I don't know. I don't know how many more elite years you have of Lundquist. But you will never lose his, his hair, by the way. No, he so never thick. will. He's prime for sure. It's so, so thick that's, and that's luscious. Kind of and beautiful. 
They should be sellers. It should not even be a question. The fact that they haven't asked Nash for his no trade list yet is ludicrous. When you have guys like Bob McKenzie and Darren Dreger and everybody else saying, oh, the Rangers have Grabner and Nash and they're highly sought after, you need to start, you need to start the bidding someplace, right? You need to get teams to start jumping onto the wagon. Put McDonough's name out there. Get Nash's name out there. Figure out who you can move Nash to. Any contender would take him, especially now that he's getting hot. Grabner makes any team better. Done. But the Rangers, again, I, I, to Beth's point, I just don't know what they do anymore. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the idea is. I have no idea what the future is going to hold, and I have no idea what they're thinking right now. So I have said a lot of words. I am asking, you know what, Beth, you say words. I don't even, you could say words about <laughs> anything. I don't even know what you want to say words about. Just say, How's the say baby doing, Joe? She is in the baby Bjorn, which is like a thing Bjorn. in Sweden. That, uh, it, it's like That's a all you need to say. If it's baby. from Sweden, it works. It's a backpack. It's like it's just a little thing that I can. I'm walking around. She's against my chest. It like carries Aww. her so that you can take places. So she is. You're like uh, a kangaroo so boy. Her quiet. Yeah. Yes, he, I am basically. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a kangaroo. For my baby. Did she just kangaroo. make a cute noise? She sneezed. Aww. Let's just Aww. listen to the baby the rest of the podcast. That's like hopeful really, and. <laughs> she hasn't had anything to say. She's been so I mean, I think it's good. These are the years where she's like a Rangers fan, which she really doesn't understand, so there's no pain. Well, we involved. don't either, so we're all in the same boat. Yeah, but we understand how screwed we are. She doesn't understand any of that. She's naive. Ignorance Let is Let her blessed. enjoy that, Joe. Let I'm not taking it away it. from her. Not when Thank Cody you. friggin' McLeod. Woo! You know, again, by all means, maybe a great guy. I'm sure he is a great guy. I'm sure he's a great teammate. Not I'm the sure point. We're going to hear all the shit that we heard with Tanner Glass. It's not the point. All right. It's just not the so, point. Beth, I'll ask, I'll ask you a question to, for our next thing. So, Yay. you're Elaine Vino. You know that Kevin Shattenkirk has a torn meniscus. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He, yeah, he has, his meniscus is all shitty. It's not good. And it hasn't been good since, like, October. But you let him play. And you criticize him in the media and call him a work in progress. Why Why would you do these things, Elaine Vigneault, a.k.a. Beth, slash Beth? Um, a, because I'm a tremendous douchebag. Um, B, <laughs> because I really, I have absolutely no idea. It's almost a sort of, not only am I going to deny he's hurt, not only am I still going to play him, I'm going to insult him to continue the cover up of the fact that I shouldn't be playing him. I mean, it's, I have, it's I have no idea how this bizarre. is even a bigger deal. I don't get how more people aren't outraged by this. This to because me the is media just doesn't, the, yeah. The media it's just doesn't talk it's about this. Like nauseating. This, this, if if and I hate going back to this, but I will continue to go back to this. I will die on this hill forever. If John Tortorella did any of this, it would have been front page news. If John Tortorella 
talked shit about a player who he knew was playing through an injury, it would have been front page news. They wouldn't have been able to stop talking about it. You say he's a work in progress. You say he's not good enough. He is fighting through an injury. Unless Vigneault was trying to get him to realize that he's not doing well with the injury and this was the best way he could think to do it instead of sitting I can't imagine that. a conversation with him, and I agree with you. There's no – it's not possible. You just don't treat people like that, especially a guy like Shattenkirk who took an enormous pay cut to come play for you. This year has been a disaster. He is not the problem. And Vigneault is going to say to him publicly, you're part of the issue. I mean, listen, granted, mm-hmm. Shattenkirk was not as good as we would have liked him to be. Now we know why. He was still on a 40-point even... pace with one leg. Yes. I just I don't understand. And again, this is another thing where Gordon should be like, uh, what are you doing? Can you just keep your, your damn mouth shut and not say things like that to the media? You know the kid is playing on a, on a torn meniscus. It's obviously bothering him. He needed cortisone shots. I, I, and, and, again, this is another thing that makes me think Gordon is okay with where the team is. My biggest fear is these injuries are going to be able to be utilized by Vigneault to say, well, who could win with this lineup? You've got to give me another year. Give me a fourth core of players. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, that's it's, the road it's, I think. I think that's the road we're walking down. I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The Rangers don't get any type of benefit of the doubt on this one, and it's making Kalen cry. The Rangers Aww. get no benefit of we're sorry. the doubt here. None. I'm not really Elaine Vigneault, Kalen. You don't get to tell me, oh, Gordon's just trying to fit. Nope, no more of anything. Because Aww. he's proven that we're just, Every time we think we know what he's going to do, he does something else. Holy shit. Baby sounds are so cute, you guys. I'm just saying. I know this isn't like breaking news or anything, folks, but... And these are, these are angry damn. sounds. She's and they're mad. still really damn cute. All right, so my she next topic angry. for you guys is Brady Shea. He's 23 years old. He'll be 24 in March... March 26th, uh, last season as a rookie boy, as a young, young, sweet child boy in the world, he had 39 points in his rookie <laughs> season, which was really good. This season, uh, he has 49 games and 14 points, which is not nearly as good. But I think, you know, it's not a great thing to just uh, analyze defensemen by their points because, you know, it's very misleading. But I think there's really something to be said about Brady Shea's comfort zone. But I did want to point this out. I've noticed, if nothing else, he has exhibited a lot more discipline, I think, this season. He's taken a lot few, like, kind of dumb frustration penalties in front of the net and things like that, which kind of plagued him a little bit last season, in my opinion. But what's what's the most interesting thing to me is what he's been to Vigneault and by that I mean like what Vigneault thinks of him and I'm very curious Joe and Beth how good 
do you think Brady Shea can be? Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, This is my list of Brady Shea things that are in my head right now. Um, Number one, Brady Brady Shea is hurt. Uh, I have thought he was hurt I think you're since right. the night he had that horrible penalty shot. Um, if you remember, he ended hurt. up in the net and sort of dragged himself out um, and looked like he was in tremendous pain just that night. So I don't know if he got hurt then from the goalie collision or whatever it was, um, but that was the first I remembered noticing it, and his game has not been where it was last year. And you know what, Mike? I'm going to gently and respectfully disagree with you that I will take the stupid penalties to see him play with the joy and imagination I thought he played with last year because I don't feel like I see that from him this year. Um, How dare you, He seems much more cautious, and I don't think in a good way. Um, I feel like he's such an incredible skater, and I feel like I haven't seen him skate as much, you know, like in a sort of swooping way as opposed to, you know, just the fact that they're playing a game on skates. Um, you know, I just I, I just feel like there's been – his game has been sort of tamed in a way that doesn't actually – I don't want to see that happen to him, you know? I, I think yeah. he's just been developed as the player he'd looked like he was going to be, which was uh, – puck-moving defenseman with excellent hockey sense and, yes, young, um, but, you know, figuring out exactly how much space he took up and how big he was and how he could use it. And, I mean, he was so much fun to watch last year, and I just – I don't see as happy a hockey player on the ice this year, I don't feel. I mean, maybe he's playing the system he's supposed to play, but I don't think it's a system that is – taking advantage of his strengths. Um, And I also, and I mean, for the kind of defenseman he is, I actually should, I actually do think he should have points. Um, So I really think all these things are together. And like I said, I I don't think I'd be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised at the all at the end of the season, you know, to find out that, that he was hurt. So. Yeah, the, uh, there's something to that, Beth, because I think the best way to observe that is he he just doesn't have that kind of that like power and grace in his skating ability the way we saw last season where it's just, oh, holy crap, this kid can skate like he can he can join a rush because of his skating ability and look dangerous, like, you know, an attacking, you know, offensive defenseman. And then he can get yeah, back and, and catch up to anyone. Like Thing, you yeah. Know? yeah, and that was the thing that's so exciting about him is, oh, he's six foot three or how big is Shea? Yeah, he's six three. Like yeah. he's that big and he moves like that. And this season, it feels like I don't know if you know he's being told to to jump in less or if I what I agree with you. I think he is dealing with something. I don't know, Joe. How good do you think Brady Shea can be? It's not the craziest thing in the world to think that he's injured because there was a part of me that thought, oh, Kevin Shattenkirk has to be injured. But it's, you know, this tinfoil hat, not that you want him to be hurt, but you want a reason for a player to be struggling. You know what I mean? Like, Adam uses the terminology all Adam, don't ever interrupt me again. Adam uses this terminology all the time. (laughs) Shattenkirk didn't forget how to play hockey overnight, right? 
Like, you don't go from being what he was in St. Louis to what he's been with the Rangers, which, again, is still better than most of the defensemen the Rangers have. You, you just don't forget. It, it just it doesn't work that way. Um, I think last year is, is really Shea at his best. I, don't, I, I never thought Shea was a 40-point defenseman. The fact that he was a 40-point defenseman in his rookie year was, uh, God, I, I would have to say one of the most incredible things you know, you could have even thought about. Even in your wildest of expectations, you would have never assumed Shea was going to be able to put up those points. And I had written a lot of articles about how the biggest loser from the Yandel disaster was Shea because the Rangers were kind of talking about him as though he was going to be like this replacement and this was going to be the way that things were going to work. But Shea kind of, I don't want to say stepped up to the plate, just things worked out. The Rangers have a high-octane system. They do a lot of offense on the rush. Shea is an unbelievable skater, so it helps. It's 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 beneficial to his game, the way that the Rangers play. Last year, if you want an example that you guys can compartmentalize, was wet food for Shea, which is the best type of food. This year <laughs> is Mike Breyer food. It's still food, but it's not nearly as good as it should be because you're eating your food like a Neanderthal. And Shea could still turn around and have a 35-point year. There's plenty of season left. But you don't see this. I don't know how much of a different Shea you see, because I still do think Shea is doing good things. But Mm. it just feels like all these players who have offensive creativity under Vigneault eventually lose. Like, who's the leading scorer in the Rangers? Zuccarello with 35 points? Yeah. It, it, it's like a depressing stat line that we're looking at. It's very dry, well, clean, Joe, if you will. Yeah, I, I just want to bring it back to the initial question, but I, I'll ask it more specifically. Do you feel Brady Shea is, is going to be a top-pair defenseman? Uh, I think the – Maybe. I know that's a top bad answer. I definitely think he's a top that's four the defenseman. Worst goddamn answer. Maybe <laughs> at his best, he's a number two guy, um, a fringe number two guy. I think his skating is good enough. His ability to get back in the rush is good enough, um, you know, to allow him to be that type of a player because he can. He's one of the few defensemen that I can think of that can jump into the rush be behind the net, the opposing net, and get back before anyone else does. There's not a lot of guys who can skate like that. Um, he reminds me a lot of Ryan McDonough when Ryan McDonough first came into the league, except like a better skater. But I, I don't know if he – he's definitely not like an elite defenseman. He's a very good defenseman. I don't know if he'll ever be a number one defenseman. I don't know if he'll ever be a top pair defenseman. But he's definitely a top four defenseman. I think he'll finish as, as a fringe to maybe a third defenseman, but that's just me. Yeah? That seems you didn't even reasonable. get to lick him, so uh, you <laughs> didn't even lick him. You failed us on so many levels. What are your thoughts? Wait, Joe, I don't get to understand the question, literally. What's the question? Do you think Brady Shea will be? Yeah, what do you think Shea? Oh, I, yeah. th- I thought I went already. Wait, am you kind of did, but Joe wasn't listening. Defensive? Defenseman? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. At the top of his, at the, I mean, I know that's, I don't mean the, at the top of his, 
under optimal conditions, Brady Shea is a top pair defenseman. I think yes. And if not, okay. he'll certainly get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think what the most promising thing is he has so many of the tools you need to be there. Like the size, the skating ability, he can move the puck. And, you know, like I, I've kind of made a point of trying to watch him more closely in the, in the defensive zone. And it feels like despite the fact that he still hasn't earned the trust of Vigneault and, and Lindy Ruff, that he just makes fewer defensive plays that make me, you know, want to just listen to really sad songs that, you know, hobos would sing in hobo gatherings about how hard things are. Um, you know, he, he just, he doesn't drop down to his knee as much as some of the Rangers defense would do. How many hobo you know, gatherings have you gone to? I've been kind of wrapped up in the hobo mystique. I was, uh, I was taking the train the other day and I was wondering when bindles went out of fashion because the hobo oh, bindle yeah. to me is it's so practical. You have all of your stuff, um, you know, a piece of cloth and then let's say, I don't know, Johnny Law comes around and he's got, you know, the kind of the billy stick and he's like, get out of here, hobos. And you just grab two corners and the other two corners, tie it up, stick over your shoulder. You're good to go. And I was like, you know what? The bindle is pretty practical. Pop question. (laughs) Sure. What former New York Ranger loved going to a liquor store buying booze, and then going and talking Flurry. to hobos to figure out how they became hobos. Theo Flurry. Oh, Michael, coming in hot. Yeah, Flurry, I think Flurry wrote a book, didn't he? Um, and I remember him talking Catching about how fire. he used to love, when he was with the Rangers, he would love to go, like, under the bridges and, you know, find these hobos and drink some beers and liquor with them and, figure out, like, what happened to them. He was very interested in what happened in their life to make them get to where they got to. Michael, you, you figured that one out, and, you know. Wow. Good for you. Well, I, I, just, yeah. I just knew it. I didn't figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely sidetracked now. But, yeah, I, there's a lot of things that Shay does right. And, I, like, I think Beth is – I don't think it's, like, uh, too optimistic to think that he can be a first-pair guy. I think the biggest challenge, and, you know, Beth kind of alluded to this, was in optimal conditions. Like, he needs to be put in a a position where he can succeed. And, you know, in this month in January, you know, he's, you know, fourth on the team in ice time in terms of defenders. But what stands out about that is, you know, Nick Holden is playing a minute more time on ice than he is Ryan McDonough because of course he is. they they are driving <laughs> Ryan McDonough into the ground he's playing 24 minutes since the start of January and that's a really I don't I'm not sure can what I, the right word is but can I all things considered I think it's a bad idea yeah go ahead because just on this point you're talking about how the Rangers are driving McDonough into the ground Lundqvist is the heaviest used goaltender in the NHL right now. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? But Joe, Dude, remember why? when everyone you... told me? Everyone told me, you know what? We signed Pavlik because he's proven he can be a starter and he'll 
decrease the workload for Hank. That's what everyone told me when I didn't like the paddle. No, 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 no. Just calm, calm your damn horses. Beth and I told you the Padlet was actually pretty good and that he wasn't as bad as you thought he was, and he has proven that. So that, again, is wet for you that he should be utilized more, but that's dry food because Vigneault is in control of it. That's all. Oh, dear. Pavlik has been, Pavlik has been good. Has he, though? I mean, he played yeah, a couple yeah. of great games, but lately he has not been pretty great. Well, I mean, has anybody been great? I think Rick Nash has been great. I've been great. That's been great all the time. <laughs> so I just proved you wrong, didn't I? No, you did not because it's wet food. Wet food is delicious food. Checkmate. I went again, third week in a row. I, I would say a lot meaner things to you, but your daughter is listening. You can say what you want. Speak your true feelings. Go well, ahead. well, you're just a piece of shit, and I don't trust your opinions on things. There, oh, there you go. Right there. Hurtful. I never make it oh, personal. You said I could say whatever I want. Yeah, and you, and you did say what you wanted, and now you've crossed the line. I never make it personal. You just have shitty food opinions, and you should be punished for it. That's all. That's all I've said. Well, that is that is the definition of personal. It's my feelings on food. No, it's not. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm going to make you, you eat are. all of your food for the rest of your days through a fucking straw. I'm going to make you blend all your it. food. And eat pastes and purees of food. You're being so drunk right now. I don't even have words. You're the one who keeps bringing up the food. I haven't mentioned it once. Meanwhile, me and Beth are being... Me and Beth are being... I don't know what's happening. Juice-dripping burgers. That's what Beth and I are being. Kangaroos are too good for you. You're a seahorse, Joe. That's what you are. That's right. Well, seahorses, I am carrying a child like a male seahorse would do. Granted, the male seahorse would, like, birth the child, but, yeah, I'm carrying her on my chest like a goddamn kangaroo. Kangaroos carry their babies a little lower, like on their tummy. Belly. I know. And a baby Best kangaroo. I just love that cold. Joe is ranting about the Rangers with a baby strapped to his belly. I know it is kind it, of adorable. I can't. I can't even stay mad at him. It's too cute. I'm not even gonna lie. I keep is. smiling thinking about it. I'm like, I don't care. I'll say you anything you want about your website. It looks pretty interesting. I can tell you that. Maybe I'll put the picture up for our patrons. There you go. Some fancy Patreon content. Ooh, the patrons. I have to, uh... Kangaroos oh, are kind of cute. I have to shout Beth, I have a question out. for you. Yeah, Yay, tell me, ask me a question. So, I've heard of places where they put boxing gloves on apes, like an orangutan, or like like a chimp. But also... We've seen boxing gloves on kangaroos, of course. Why do human beings want to box critters that aren't human beings? Um, I don't know because I don't want to. Yeah. Also, wouldn't a kangaroo just kick you? Yeah, I think that's what they do. 
Like, it's really nice that you gave me these boxing gloves, and now I'm just going to kick the shit out of you. Yeah, you know, they're like, did but you guess guys what? See the, the video of the kangaroo that had, like, the dog like, in the headlock, and then it, like, yeah, squared up then, with the guy who freed the dog. That yeah, kangaroo looked like it was going to pretty great video. Yeah, yeah, that, that kangaroo knows how to throw fists. Yeah, but, but like Beth right. was saying, it's like it's kangaroos right. are like, you know what? I'm kickboxing. I I I'm gonna use my feet. That's what I'm gonna do. Yep, I got these big old feet. Yeah. Why Have would you I ever not eat a kangaroo? Before we continue, I will not eat a kangaroo. <laughs> On that note, Patreon.com/slash/blueshirtfans. <laughs> Let me read them out while Caitlin's asleep. Anthony Viola, Jonathan Porter, Beth. Johnny Alo, Alex Gardner, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Andre Chicagoff, Daniel DeGem, Matt Bader, 50, uh, Guy from Montana, Andrew Grigo, Stink Fleeman, Dan Lynch, Mike Offit, Trevor Kempner, Gabrielle Vargas, or Gabriel Vargas, sorry, um, Dan Carosi, David L. Singer, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Scott Potash, Darwin Bushman, James Dangles, what a great hockey name, Alexander Thornton, Grumpy Smokey, Igor Zetlovsky, Thomas Osa, Chris B., and Michael Silvers. Good old Michael Silvers. Thank you all for donating. You are Thank you. part of the reason why the show happens every week, because Beth has yet to lick Shay, and we get to keep some of that money that we don't have to spend on bail. Now, back to your point, Mike. No, I would never eat a kangaroo burger. Do you want to know why? They're too dry. Yeah. To what? That was pretty good, Joe. I like that. They're to what? Dry. Too dry. D R Y. Dry. D R Y. Oh, I like spry better. Too dry. Spry is a great word. I like the idea of the bird bouncing away from him. Shay is spry. Brady Shay is nice and spry. He is quite spry. I use the word. The Rangers need more spry. Bellicose. In my most recent banner article, people like it. That actually, I saw that. I liked it very much. Bellicose. Such a good word. Made me feel happy. Well, Joe can't use big words though because he doesn't know them. I do know words, Mike. I I know. I said you don't know big words. I know some big words. (laughs) (laughs) What's the what's the weirdest thing? What's like the least? I shouldn't say weird. That's kind of culturally insensitive. What is the food? The maybe the I think I may have asked you guys what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten. But what is yeah. something you would eat that's kind of outside the norm that you're like you're curious to eat? Mine is alligator. I do want to eat alligator. I've eaten alligator. I don't even really know why. I, I have eaten. Alligator, I mostly just want to eat really a dinosaur. I think that's. Um, are alligators high in mercury? Are what? Are alligators high in mercury? Because there's this, there's the rule of the sea with fish. Like the higher up on the food chain you get, like uh, the like more for mercury. Instance, when, yeah, like if you eat dolphin or whale, for instance, and in, you know Japan, there you know they still have whaling and and they eat dolphins. Not to get political here, folks, but the point is because certain species of whale and dolphins eat so many fish they absorb all of their mercury so like the higher you get on the food chain like the more mercury per square dolphin chunk 
<laughs> that's a lot of square. So I can tell you that now. Yeah, and so I would imagine crocodilians eat a lot of fish, but now that I come to think uh, of I it, think I mostly just see them jacking stuff up. They also eat like boots and birds and yeah, yeah. I was and like. Say- they eat a lot of birds. They just kind of and and like any type of yeah, yeah. rodent or animal turtles and frogs. There. Yeah, that's, that's so, yeah. They're like ambushy predators. They're not necessarily like eating fish. I've always so maybe they don't have. Try, I've always wanted to try turtle, but I can't bring myself to it because I love turtles too much. I really I love do love turtles. turtles. I'm not going to. I will never eat turtle. It seems but wrong to. to kill and eat a turtle because anyone anyone can catch a turtle. Yeah. Yeah. You're not special. Cody McLeod could catch a turtle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could punch I, you know a what? turtle in half. I'm satisfied with the array of, of food choices already available to me. And I, I really that's, don't feel the need to to, yeah. to extend, you know, into any I understand weird, that. Uh... I've just been trying right, to eat more, more things. Food. Okay. What food that is considered a luxury would you never, would you just dislike? And I will give caviar. you my example. I will never try caviar. I hate truffles. I think truffles are disgusting. I and hate like truffles truffle oil. I think they smell oh bad. my God. It is overpowering. I hate the smell. Yes. Pungent. It is disgusting. You hear that, Mike? Pungent, you son of a bitch. It is just <laughs> disgusting. You, you pungent son of a bitch. Truffles are awful. Awful. Oh, my God. They're disgusting, and they're super expensive. I've never even smelled yeah, a truffle. Is it that bad? bad. Yeah, I do hate truffles, are... but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for pate. Because I just think it's a terrible thing made a terrible way, and essentially yes, it just looks like either. it looks like shit that is. came out the other end, and it's just wrong. It's wrong. I don't like it, and yeah, it's evil. I and I, even though there's cruelty-free pate now, I'm just not I don't, how is that possible? Though? There's no way. Um, I don't know, but I I do have like a. A friend of a friend who's a like free range farmer type person who says that it is, and I believe him. So it probably isn't exactly like the 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 cruel stuff, but apparently it's enough of a facsimile that you really facsimile, should take Joe. Yeah, Beth is a goddamn, goddamn professor, travel. Mike. She's a professor. <laughs> Can you spell facsimile, right. Joe? Not even I couldn't even give you the first letter because based on what I'm hearing from the two of you, I'm not sure if it starts with a V or an F. Oh, I love you so much. Um, all right. Well, I'm, um, sure I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end this podcast while she's not crying. Uh, thank you all for Aww. listening. Again, I, I apologize for the sound quality. I needed to do it from my phone. Blog Talk Radio was being a it was being super dry food and it wasn't working. Um, so yeah, Mike Beth, twitter.com slash Beth Macklin, uh, twitter.com slash dig deep BSB. You can find Mike at blue shirt banter and the ice garden. You can find Beth at blue shirt banter and the ice garden. Um, 
And then Mike wrote a really great story. I don't remember where it was written, though. Was it Sporting News, Mike? It was Sporting News. Yep. See? I know yeah, things. Uh, that you... Sporting News, yeah. Uh, this Olympics is so... 20 years since Nagano in 1998, the first the women's hockey, the first women's hockey tournament, the Olympics. It's uh, it's crazy to think it's it's been 20 years, but before 1998, just all women's hockey had was the women's world championship, and that began in 19 that began in 1990, and before that, there was not a lot. And where's the game now? It's really crazy to think of how much it's grown. So read my story. She will tell you everything you need to know. It's crazy. Um, crazy. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully the Rangers. You know what? I don't even know what I'm going to say here. Uh, the Rangers are going to do things. Joe, uh, I don't know. Does Cody, Joe, does Cody McLeod play in a game before we podcast yes. in a Rangers game? Well, wait a minute. Yes, Don't the does. Rangers have like six days between the San Jose game oh, and the next game? You know what? Yeah, let me check that so we don't sound – as dumb but as we are. Here, I'll tell you this. Before our next, <laughs> next so not this Yeah, they play podcast, only next Thursday. Yeah. Before yeah. Valentine's yeah. Day. Beth the, the nailed it. Be- before Valentine's Day, does Cody McLeod play for the Rangers and punch a man's face through the back of his head? He will definitely yeah. play for the Rangers. There's, there's no way the Rangers are going to do something smart. They're morons. And Beth, you think the same thing, right? You think there's no HL for him. He's he's right in the lineup. Um, I can't guarantee that he won't commute back and forth. Um, but no, he's he's going to be he's going to be uh he's going to be oh, on no. the blue shirts. Yeah. Yep. Blue yep. Yep. I feel, I, I feel like I'm. It's weird when on. I'm this. Negative. I feel like an optimist. It doesn't feel right, but yeah. Yeah, harrys.com. Joel Eat Shaving Cream. Do some things. Uh, yeah, all right. It's pretty we'll wet food there, Joe. Food. Shaving cream. Yeah, wet food. Delicious. <laughs> Foam food. food. Terrible. Foam. Yeah, Foam. goodbye. It's a whole other level. Goodbye. Mike is a whale.